Welcome to this week's episode of An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim, and sitting across from me is my lovely, wonderful, handsome husband, Steve. Steve. That's me. That's you. That's me. So this week, or this morning... This week has been awful. Yeah, we're getting ready to go on vacation, and it has been the longest longest week ever. I've been doing... So I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm in school uh, working on my... Um, medical coding certificate. And so I have, I'm taking three classes and I've had to cram three weeks worth of work into a week and a half and I'm exhausted. Yeah, it shows. I mean, I can Uh, look in your eyes right now and I can see that. I'm so tired. Yeah, but this morning, Saturday morning, heard explosions and I'm trying to think, was that gunfire? It could have been thunder. What was that? And then I realized... It was fireworks. It was fireworks because that's how they always start the Air Force Marathon off. Yeah. And so we, we heard fireworks this morning. Then I went on the... Uh, got on got on Facebook, started looking around, and people were it, really having problems with fireworks Well, they went off, off this for a long time. Okay, first of all, number one, it's Saturday morning. Uh... Some of us are sleeping. The Air Force Marathon starts really early because it's a marathon. So it starts early. So, and then not only did they set off fireworks for the marathon, but they, they do more than one race. Like they do the marathon, they do a half marathon, they do a 5K, and they set off fire, and they all start at different times, and they set off fireworks for each one of those things. Yeah, well, Facebook had a lot of inappropriate things for the <laughs> Air Force this morning as you sat there and listened to it. And then also, so I get up, take a shower, and I look down at the water in the tub, and it's brown. I'm thinking, I'm not that dirty, so what is going on here? Yeah, and I'm less than thrilled about that because we're going on vacation for two weeks. And you guys get to come with us, by the way. Um, But I need to do laundry. And so if our water is brown, it's going to turn our clothes brown, and I'm not real excited about this. Well, I I called the... um I, I called the water company, but it's Saturday morning, and so their emergency number, it goes into the sheriff's department, so I, I dialed the water department, and I hear Green County Sheriff, and I said, oops, sorry, dialed the wrong number, and the lady explained what was happening, and she clarified. They've been flushing the hydrants, so there's no leaks. There's nothing like that. But the water's still brown, right? The water's still I mean, brown. We should probably turn on the sink and flush out our lines for a little bit or something, I guess. Yeah. And then we went to, um, so every Saturday morning we go to a, a local coffee shop called Winans, and we get coffee and we usually take Rupert with us and sometimes Jack. And this morning we just so happened to be, it's at a, the coffee shop that we go to is at a place called The Green, which is kind of like an outdoor mall. Um, and they were doing something called. And that's where we usually hold our production meeting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing something called Bark for Life. Um, so it was it was another 5K. Apparently, everybody feels like running today. Uh, and Not me. <laughs> right? We've been hanging out on the couch all day. Um, and so it was for dogs, and there were all these dog-centric things set up, and Rupert made out like a bandit, and Jack decided this morning that he didn't want to go, so he missed out on, what, five, six treats? Jack uh, came out the door like usual, saw one of the cats, chased the cat over into the bush. Not that he would hurt the cat. It's just play for both of them like it 
And then he went to the front door and did not want to get in the back of the Jeep for a Jeep ride today. And he missed out. He missed out on, on his Should have gone. Yeah. Because Rupert got a ton of treats. Yeah, Rupert, in Rupert a, like made a, out. Rupert made out this morning. He's been in like a food coma all day. Okay, Kim. Let me read something here to you. All right. Hit me with it. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. You know what we're talking about today? I am so excited. It's that was the First Amendment, the Constitution of the United States. But what are we talking about, Kim? It is Banned Books Week. Yay! And sometimes the First Amendment may... Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I love Banned Books Week. I really like... Um, first of all, I... Okay, so Kim told me when we got this board, <laughs> there's buttons on it to make noises. <laughs> and Kim said... Don't make it all cheesy and hitting all the buttons. <laughs> Kim is the one, 90% of the time, hitting all the buttons. So anyway, I see her hand reach across like, and look for the button that says yay. Like I was saying, Band Books Week is super exciting for me. Um, I was a licensed English teacher for a while. Let my license expire because I'm not using it. But I love reading and I love books and I love um, actually one of my, probably my favorite book of all time is a banned book. Uh, it's called The Giver by Lois Lowry. Um, and it's a, it, it's a young adult book. So it's not, I mean, it's not anything difficult to read. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. Um, but I really like reading books that are contentious and that make you think. Well, okay. So the First Amendment doesn't always apply to everything about who's banning the books. So, um, yeah, let's let's do a little bit of context here. Banned Books Week is put on by, um, and and there's some lines here that I kind of want to talk about. It's, um, sponsored by the American Libraries Association. So, and it started in 1982. Uh, as for some reason, and maybe you can give a little bit of insight into this. In, <laughs> in 1982, which was the year I was born. Um, it, for some reason, there were a lot, like an unusually high amount of challenged books. And the ALA noticed this and started Banned Books Week, um, encouraging people to... But books have been banned long oh, before. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just for okay. some reason at that period of time in history, I don't know that anything crazy was necessarily going on, but they banned a lot of books in 1982. And so the American, it's actually a subdivision of the ALA called the Office for Intellectual Freedom, the OIF. Um, and they are the ones that sponsor Banned Books Week and that kind of keep track of um, what books have been banned, what books have been challenged. And since Banned Books Week began in 1982, over 11,000 books have been challenged. Wow. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of free of speech right there. You're telling me. Okay, well, look. look. Can you give us a definition of what a banned book is? Yeah, so there are two um, basically... Uh, I don't want to say camps, but like there are banned books and then there are challenged books. Challenged books are books that have um, appeared in libraries or um, classrooms, schools that have, for some reason or another, some member of the public has challenged and said, we don't feel like this book is appropriate to have in 
this library or in this environment. Okay, now that starts where the First Amendment does come in because it is government. Yes, and and that's what it, well, and then a banned book is a book that goes past a challenge, and then uh, that library or school or whatever says, okay, we agree this is inappropriate. We are not going to allow this book in our facility. Okay. And it's interesting, and you bring up um, the right to free speech. The American Library Association, I don't think is a government organization, but libraries, public libraries, are governmental institutions. Absolutely they are, because we vote on the levies. Yeah, so it's interesting that uh, a library organization is the one, and they, the ALA has a hard line on, we do not promote censorship, we don't agree with censorship, we think it's a bad idea, but yet libraries are a governmental institution, so... It, they're kind of talking out both sides of their mouth a little bit. Okay, well, th- this is a good time to bring in this right here. There are limits to free speech. And so, like, if uh, obscenity is not allowed, fraud, child pornography, which is delineated different than obscenity, speech that is integral to imminent lawless action, speech that violates intellectual property, which we are very careful about with our podcast. <laughs> we, we try to be, yes. Yes, we are. And true threats, and that would come in to you can't. I think this is where you can't you can't yell fire in the crowded theater. Yeah, that that is protected. You can't do that. An incitement to suicide, which this has just come up on the news again today, that a uh, a a, uh, a lady, I think it was in New York, uh, taunted with text her boyfriend to commit suicide, and she was convicted of that. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. And it, well, it just came up again in the news today. Yeah. Perjury and blackmail, just to list a few. So there and, are no absolute rights to free speech. And, again, free speech only applies to a government organization. Whether we like it or not, Facebook is not a government organization. So when Facebook... When you get put in Facebook jail? When you get put in Facebook jail... Like, a lot of my friends get put in <laughs> Facebook jail for stuff. It's, you know, we, we always see my First Amendment rights, and we all agree with the concept here, but legally... Yeah, and some of those things that you brought up, um, like, uh, even the first one on your list, obscenity, that is a very broad term. Yes. It's a very broad term that goes across... It's cross-cultural, uh, and it really... I mean, and... Um, what was the one about suicide? Oh, that is uh, incitement to suicide. So one of the most um, striking, I'll say, books that I've ever read is a book called 13 Reasons Why by a guy named Jay Asher. And uh, it was so... Never heard of him. <laughs> it was so well-received. It's a young adult book. Um Obviously, being a high school former high school English teacher, I read a lot of young adult novels. Um, but Thirteen Reasons Why was one of those books that I literally I read it probably in twelve hours time because I literally did not want to put it down. I stayed up until two in the morning reading it, and it was so well liked that they Netflix bought the rights to it and turned it into a series. Um, so you may have, even though you've never read it, you probably have seen the things on the news about the Netflix series because the whole premise of 13 Reasons Why is a girl named Hannah Baker commits suicide. 
and leaves behind 13 tapes um, for people to find. And on each tape, um, it each tape is uh, basically for a specific person, and it kind of details what that person did to um, drive. Do we need to give a spoiler alert for someone who's not read this book? No. No, okay. it's pretty, I mean, this is the basic common knowledge of the premise of the book. Um, Hannah is never alive at any point in the book. Like, it's all kind of told um, after her death and flashbacks and, like, fallout. So um, she basically details throughout the course of these 13 tapes why she committed suicide. And the Netflix show sh- very graphically depicts her her suicide in the show. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it was very contentious. Um, I had a, I, I have a pretty strong stomach and I had a very hard time watching it because it looks very realistic. Now, I think this is a good time to give a disclaimer on this. We're going to be talking about a couple things here that we neither promote, discourage, encourage, or anything like that. The whole premise of the show today is to discuss banned books and why some of the books are banned. That doesn't mean we agree with the banning or right. disagree with the banning. It's This is an educational show, Kim. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> this is Although I will say some of the books that um, that we're going to talk about, we are going to talk about some books that are, can you believe this was banned? Um, I have a list of 17 of the most, like, what? That's a banned book? Uh, so I've some- got a couple too. Yeah, so some of them, it is kind of, some of them, it's it's obvious. Like, I cannot under, I don't necessarily agree with the banning, but I can understand why 13 Reasons Why it was banned. Some of them, though, you're really, you're like, what? That Green Eggs and Ham was banned? Um, so, yeah. So there, there are some Uh-oh. in the list that are. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So there are some in the list. I hope I'm not going to library jail. I know, for, right? For green eggs and ham. Um, so, you know, in the Army, I've had green eggs and ham. I they would bet you, us, <laughs> I somehow, bet you if have. We, if we were out in the field sometimes, they would fix us food in what's called a mermite can. And they would put those scrambled eggs down in there. And the eggs, whatever reason, would turn green. So mm. we, uh, every soldier out there from my era, if they're still using mermites, has Ugh. had green eggs and ham. That sounds awful. You guys agree with that? I am us. <laughs> Post it on our Facebook if you've had green eggs or ham. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but okay. So is it is this list when it comes out? Is it an official list that comes out? It is. So the list published by an organization or yes, what? Yes, it's published by the American Library Association. But what about before then? What do you mean? Okay, so you said this it, was like 1982. Do you know when the first books were banned? I okay, so I do. So, so <laughs> the list that the ALA publishes every year, and we'll get into the, this year's list in in a couple minutes. But um, the list that they publish every year is a list of the top. Usually it's the top 10. This year for 2018, it was actually, the I had 11 books on there. I don't know if uh, two of them were challenged the same amount of times or what, but um, it's the top 10 most challenged books of the year. So well, Who's challenging them? That's what I'm asking. I don't know. The parents, PTO, are challenging them. PTO, um, parent-teacher organizations, school yes, organizations. Yes. Unofficial those, school organizations. Yes, yeah. unofficial school organizations, just different parents, um, sometimes churches for a, a while there. Um, I think this what either this year or last year was the first year that Harry Potter was not on the banned books list um, because some church organizations will will challenge them. 
Um, just different, all so, kinds of sometimes. Uh, so how do you file a challenge? Do you like write a letter to this organization say, I don't like this book for this reason? Like, no, is it a bunch of. It's not you. I mean, some people probably file challenges directly with the ALA, but I would imagine most of them file a challenge with their public library or at the school. And then the ALA has people that are dedicated to, they reach out to school districts and libraries and things and say, what have been your most challenge books this year and then they keep well, data of all that kind of why thing. doesn't the library and you can't answer this one but why doesn't the library say when they get that letter from the old blue hairs that are trying to challenge this book say congress shall make no law respecting blah 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 and tell them this is the first amendment we can't ban a book well and some of them might but also uh some libraries like you, like I said, obscenity, like that's a very broad-reaching term. And if they decide that if enough people in that area and that particular cultural pocket decide that it's, you know, not so, good, then so it is, it's, it's sometimes it's community standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times it's community san- standards. But you asked about the first band book. The actual, it's hard to say what the first. Um, like first first band book was I but read something was like back in 16 yes so generally the first officially banned book in America was Thomas Morton's New English Canaan was published back in 1637 that's when it was uh, it was a three volume series um, and did they ban all three volumes I well a lot of it was uh observations about Native Americans, um, a sort of a celebration of the beauty of the natural world, um, a, a very serious satire about the Puritans. Satire. If nothing else, what the army has taught me <laughs> is satire. So it, there was a lot of satire in this. Um, and so one of the comments in, in Morton's book was that... You agree with it? What the army teaches you satire? My satire. You're I, you're a mess. Um, <laughs> one of the comments that Morton made in his book was that quote: "Puritans make a great show of religion." My mind also wanders, but no humanity. Morton said that if uh, the Boston Puritans' quote martialist approach to America continued, then the continent would become quote a Christian labor camp. Um, so he was not a big fan of the Puritans and the fact that he, uh, celebrated the beauty of the new world was kind of, it, it was almost looked upon as paganistic. Um, so he, he was not a big, uh, you can kind of understand in the period and the, the society that he lived in, why his book was lucky enough to be the first banned book in America. So if I were to guess... The top three things that are, that gets books that get books banned, but that's a tongue twister right there. Say that one three times fast. Is sex, religion, and politics? Is that kind of a fair statement with that? Um, yeah, I would say. Okay, so let's look. Anything else? Well, yeah, let's look at last year's banned books. Okay, and you would. I think a lot of people think that most banned books are like novels, but that's not true. Um, there are quite a few banned <laughs> children's books. Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, so this is the list of books from... They should have banned Green Eggs and Ham in the Army. Oh, gosh. So this is the list of banned books from 2018. Um, number one, uh, and I don't... 
I'm not sure if these are in specific order, but George by uh, Alex Gino reasons it was banned. Um, it was believed to encourage children to clear browser history and change their bodies using hormones and for mentioning, quote, dirty magazines, describing male anatomy, quote, creating confusion and including a transgender character. I've uh, never even heard of the book, George. Yeah. So uh, number two, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo reasons uh, banned and challenged for including LGBTQ plus content and for political and religious viewpoints. Okay. Were these books banned in a certain library, a certain state, a certain region, or a lot of times the entire it's globe? A lot of times uh, you see a lot of challenges in the South. Texas is kind of notorious for requesting, cha- for challenging books. Everything's bigger in Texas. I guess. Uh, the Captain Underpants series is a very popular um series in the elementary school, like middle to upper elementary school. It was challenged because it was perceived as encouraging disruptive behavior. Well, Captain Underpants and the sensational saga of Sir Stinks-A-Lot was challenged for including a same-sex couple. Okay. Uh, Number four, The Hate You Give, which also I think was turned into a miniseries. Banned and challenged because it was... Okay, so, so far, everything you're saying is all three things combined. Sex, religion, and politics. All wrapped up in one. Yeah. Um, except for Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants, it was encouraging disruptive behavior. You said there was a same-sex couple. That so particular that would be book. Sex, but religion. The whole, the whole series. That one particular book in the series had a same-sex couple. But okay. there are multiple books in the series okay. that just basically encourage disruptive behavior. So it encourages kids to be kids, I guess. But um, So The Hate You Give was banned and challenged because it was deemed anti-cop and for profanity, drug use, and sexual references. Drama, which was written and illustrated by Raina Tegelmeyer, or Telgemeyer, sorry, uh, banned and challenged for including LGBTQ plus characters and themes. One of the characters is gay in this book, um, which is written primarily for middle schoolers from a middle school perspective. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, we already talked about, banned, challenged, and restricted for addressing teen suicide. That book there... Drama? Yeah. So if that were in San Francisco, which is a little bit more liberal, more accepting of the gay lifestyle, was that book banned in San Francisco? I doubt it, and it hasn't been banned in Beaver Creek or Kettering because one of our, our eldest granddaughter reads it, has read it. Okay. So it really, I mean, it's not, they're not banned everywhere. It's not like a, a, like a federal ban. It's just this, these are the most challenged or banned books in school districts or libraries. Somebody has said, we don't feel like this is appropriate. Um, and well, we don't want to get into that. I was going to say, cause you said, we're not going to agree or disagree with these, these, but I will say that our granddaughter, um, she didn't see the big deal about it. She's, I mean, there's a character that, ha- there's like a boy that has a crush on another boy. She's like, well, I don't, it, it's not a central point. It's not a central plot point of the book from, from the way she explained it. Uh, 13 reasons why um, the teen suicide thing, this number seven, this one summer, banned and challenged for profanity, sexual reference, and certain illustrations. Number eight, Skippy John Jones series, which is a children's book series. Um, I, I understand in our PC culture why this one was banned. Challenge for depicting stereotypes of Mexican culture. 
So the, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's kind of cute. I don't think it's, I don't think the, the author intends for it to be offensive, but the premise of Skippy John Jones, Skippy John is a, is a cat. He's a Siamese cat who looks in the mirror and thinks he's a chihuahua and goes off and has adventures as a chihuahua. And there are a lot of, um, like he speaks in, in Spanish a lot and he, um, so like he wears sombreros and, it's hard to tell like what you, you just don't know what's going to offend someone else, and yeah. I don't know if this is wrong, but you know, on Facebook there are memes. It's called the Mexican word of the day. Oh yeah, and they're funny. Now, am I wrong to laugh at that? I it depends on who you ask. Um, one of our family members is Mexican, and so they are do not take as kindly to Skippy John. Well, I don't know about him. I know his wife does not take she thinks Skippy John is highly inappropriate. Um another one of our family members thinks that it's a super cute book. So it really just depends on the person. Okay. Um number 9, I keep seeing this one and it kind of makes me want to read it. It's called The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. It's banned and challenged for sexual references, profanity, violence, gambling, underage drinking, and for its religious viewpoint. Okay, so a we, lot of stuff. Yeah, we that touches on two of yeah. the three big ones right there. I I keep seeing it in a lot of different lists, and which kind of makes me want to read it. Uh, number ten, this day in June, challenged and burned. For including LGBTQ plus content. Okay, so right now it seems like a, a, a lot, lot of, of the books, anti-gay are, stuff. a lot of gay, gay stuff is what is causing books to be banned mm-hmm. right now. So, is there a gay organization that is like they're leading the front to to have these books banned? No, no, no. It's the it's other way. Anti-gay. It, it's anti-gay. It's the other way around. Yeah. So I would okay. imagine probably some religious organizations. Um, probably what's that one? There's like a parent council. Um, there's some like big parent council lobby that probably is a lobby. leading it. Now we're bringing yeah. politics into I it. I think a lot of it is. Okay. Um, and like I said, normally these book lists are only, the ALA's banned book list is only 10 books, but this year number 11 is on there. Two Boys Kissing, obviously challenged and burned for including LGBTQ plus content. So at some point somebody had like a big old gay book burning. Cause okay. it's just, uh, there I think are, Hitler did that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, let me... So that kind of leads into what I was thinking about. The next question I have for you is this one. Have you noticed any historical trends? And I think right now the trend is gay. Yeah. Is, and those, that's the trend. Have you seen any other trends? Um, well, yeah. This is purely unofficial. Just Right. And it, it's, but I trust your judgment because well, you're pretty smart. <laughs> I can be, except when it comes to anatomy. Um, so... We can actually go back and look um, on the ALA's website. They have a list by decade and by year. So if you were to look at um, the, so let's see, the 2000 to 2009, um, from 2000... (laughs) Thank you so very much. From 2000 to 2009, 5,099 challenges were reported to the OIF, the Office for Intellectual Freedom. 
1,577 challenges due to sexually explicit material. And what year was this? This is 2000 to 2009, so like the first decade of the, of the new century. Uh, 1,200 plus challenges due to offensive language. 989 challenges due to materials deemed unsuited to age group. 619 challenges due to violence and only 361 challenges due to homosexuality. So it's interesting that the homosexuality challenges seem to be going up. Well, if you look at current news, current trends, over the, uh, I'd say the past couple election cycles, gay rights have become more Mm -hmm. and more... Uh, So from in the first decade of the century, 274 materials were challenged due to, quote, occult or satanic themes. An additional 291 were challenged due to their religious viewpoint, 119 because they were anti-family. And they... This is really sticking to what I guessed. uh, Yeah. Sex, religion, and politics, the top three. But the ALA also wants to make a point. They make a point that says... um, the number of challenges and the number of reasons for those challenges don't match because works are often challenged on more than one ground. So there were 361 challenges due to homosexuality, but some of those challenges might also have been because the books were anti-family. So are they pulling these books off the library shelf? Well, okay, so 1,639 of those challenges were in school libraries, 1811 in classrooms. Public schools. 1811, yep, in classrooms, 1,217 in public libraries. There were 114 challenges to materials used in college classes, 30 to academic libraries. There are isolated causes or cases of challenges to library materials made available in or by prisons, special libraries, community groups, and students. Well, I mean, I can understand prison. You don't want to like, okay, here is the, the handbook on how to, how to escape, yeah. How the to vast, they say the vast cut through the bar right there. The vast majority of challenges were how to initiated, make a homemade handsaw. The vast majority of challenges were initiated by parents. Uh, and that was of the almost six thousand, um, over twenty five hundred. So, so just about half were parents, and the rest of them uh were library patrons and administrators. But is it just some of it just age appropriate keeping Books out of little hands, and, uh, and who are these people to say what be, some my those, kid reads or what that kid across the road reads? I mean, twelve hundred of them were in public libraries. Yeah, so that's not necessarily just little people. One hundred and fourteen challenges were in college classes, which okay, out of, out of almost six thousand, one book away from. Or well, five thousand. We'll say five thousand. Out of five thousand books, granted, one hundred and fourteen is not a lot, but that's still college is a place where you go to learn to think. Like, there ooh. are some colleges, and I'm not going to name any names. True. That some of the highly religious colleges or highly conservative colleges, yeah, or and even the, highly liberal colleges, don't want conservative. Yeah, it, so quote it's, unquote, it's propaganda. Going, it's it's going both ways here with this, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so I, it sounds like we have people in power or think they're in power. I guess they do have the power making decisions what you and I can read. It is really interesting. Yeah, um, I I don't would, like that. 
Yeah. I would encourage you to take some time this week. Go to ALA.org. All over the place on their website right now is banned book stuff right now. Okay. Um, and and go back through. It's really interesting. Look at in the in the here history of um, there are like in the in the mid two thousands like two thousand six two thousand seven um, there were a lot of a, a lot of um, racial things. Okay, and what year was that? Uh, like the mid, like 2000, I would say 2004 to 2007. I'm trying to think of what was happening in the news during that year, during that period. Um, so there are a lot of, and a lot, and some of the books I, th- I think are really, I think it's really, really interesting that some of the books um, are banned so, for example, there's a book by Maya Angelou, who is one of my heroes. I think she's an incredible lady. Uh, she wrote a book called I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And one of the challenges was because it speaks poorly of white people. Maya Angelou, obviously an African-American author, um, was like, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings details her rape. And that's not what they had a problem with. They had a problem with the way that Maya Angelou talked about um, the way that she perceived white people at one point in her life. They didn't have a problem with the rape scene. I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. So. um, Okay, let's go back. In all your research, and mm -hmm. as you've been looking at this, you're talking all right now, like since 1982 forward with the ALA. Yes, let, let's. Can you go back a little bit further? You know, uh, I mean, that's I a can. long time from what sixteen thirty something to nineteen eighty two. Yeah, and there are books that you. I mean, you would expect. Um, I mean, the Catholic Church banned a lot of books during, um, like, the Protestant Reformation, and and there was a lot of warring. You know, is this appropriate? Is that appropriate? Throughout ages, a lot of a religion played a lot into the bannings of books. Let's talk about. Um, I really would like to, t- and I, this partially answers your question too. 17 of America's most surprising banned books, and some of these are prior to the ALA Banned Books Week. Uh, number one, the Tarzan series. Um, authorities, Tarzan. yeah, like, okay. like Tarzan of the Jungle, Tarzan. Authorities thought the adventure stories were unsuitable for youngsters since there was no evidence. Now, this is 1961. No evidence that Tarzan and Jane had married before they started cohabiting in the treetops. So, banned books because Tarzan and Jane are living together as an unmarried couple. Alleged. 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 They live in a different country. Maybe the marriage laws are different. Interestingly, though, Ralph Rothman, who ran uh, the author um, Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote the Tarzan series... His, the guy who ran his estate said that the couple had taken marital vows in the jungles with Jane's father serving as minister. I think, you know what? I think I remember that her father was a missionary. He, the father may not have been an ordained minister, said Rothman, but after all, things were primitive in those days in the jungle. Did the book get off the banned list after that? Eventually, eventually it came off the list. That was kind of my next question. I, yeah, some Again, books aren't always banned for life. I mean, Kim, they, and, Kim and I don't share notes on this, so that yeah, it's well, it's like we said, Harry Potter. Question, Harry Potter was on the banned books list for a long time. Well, my next question was: 
are there any books that were banned that are now okay? Yeah. I guess Tarzan's okay now. Yeah. Harry Potter finally made it off. I think it was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, specifically. Okay. It was on there for a long time. So did the, the, the people who originally thought it was bad now change their mind? No, I think they just found a worse book. <laughs> Honestly, I just think they moved on. So there's only, like, on the bookshelf, there's only room for 10? I guess. Okay, we got to pull this one off and put another one on. Is yeah, that how it I, works? I suppose, I guess. Okay. People just get tired of, I mean, it's like anything else. You get bored with with this, you know, I'm tired of protesting this book. Okay, so well, this book seems worse. It's more I, current. We're going to. I did my own research. Wait, wait, I'm not oh, done with my okay, list. Okay. There are 17. That's only one. Oh, Okay. I mean, we don't have to go through all of them. This is an hour of your life, but go ahead. We we don't have to go through all of them if you don't want to, but um, I thought it was interesting. In the mid-1960s, the book Where the Wild Things Are, um, you know that book, right? Little Kid Max, he goes to bed without dinner. Uh, it was banned because adults found it problematic that Max was punished by being sent to bed without his dinner. Um, a 1969 column in Ladies Home Journal said that the book I would have had a problem with that. <laughs> my mom and dad sent me to bed without my supper. A 1969 column in Ladies Home Journal said that the book was, quote, psychologically damaging for three and four-year-olds. Who, that book, so I teach three and four-year-olds. A three-year-old won't sit through where the wild things are. Most three-year-olds will not sit through the, where the wild things are. I know because I've tried to read it to them. Again, this to me is some old blue hairs. Yeah. And I don't mean that offensively. I mean that for <laughs> literally. Mid trying to decide what. Yeah, mid nineteen sixties. Harriet the Spy, um, because Harriet of the title uh, spies. Um, the some schools blocked it from shelves when it came out in the sixties because of concerns that the eleven year old child's penchant for peeping on her neighbors, jotting down her brutally honest observations, and being generally disagreeable could negatively influence kids by setting a bad example. So. All right. Here's one. You're not going to believe this. In 1969, the Anchorage School Board, Anchorage, Alaska, banned the dictionary. <laughs> I don't even have a button for that one. Okay, go ahead. They, the, Why? Um, for its objectionable entries, particularly slang words including bed as, as a verb, like to bed someone, Knocker and balls, as in testicles. 1977. <laughs> I, so, I, okay. No dictionaries so, allowed. So I'm over here looking at the board. <laughs> There's no button for banning the dictionary. There's no button for banning the dictionary. <laughs> 1977, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble is about an unassuming donkey transformed into a rock after finding a magic pebble. You're kind of crossing over what I'm with the ridiculousness do you, yeah, do of you, some of the books that were banned that I found that um, were banned. Surprisingly, so I would have thought that because that it would um, nowadays I feel this was in 1977. So nowadays I could I feel like it could get banned for the idea of magic, but at the time, um, Police associations in 12 states urged the libraries to remove the book because it portrays police as pigs. Meaning, meaning that all the characters in the story are animals and the animals that happened to be police officers were pig 
like they were pigs. Cartoon. Yeah, cartoon, cartoon pigs. Character. It wasn't like the sheep were pig or were cops. The pigs were cops. So um, police associations in 12 states requested it be booked or banned. Hmm. 1983, Anne Frank's Diary was um, banned uh, numerous times for sexually... Wait, let's go back to that one one second. Yeah. So... Which one? The Magic Pebble? Sylvester and the Magic Pebble or Anne Frank? No. Um, the Magic Pebble. Oh, okay. So the police... Yeah. Who... They've got to have some tough skin. Yeah. Was it, was it that they were... They were offended by this, or was it, I, it or was it because like. they didn't want the children learning this image of calling cops pigs, which was a big thing like back in the sixties. They're called different things now, which I mean, we do 19, respect the police. Absolutely, it was nineteen seventy-seven. We vote for their levies too. It was nineteen seventy-seven, so maybe a combination of two things. I, I, uh, I'm treading on. In dangerous waters here, but take note of the fact that it was police associations. So it was not individual police officers. It was the police unions. So I bet they were looking at the slippery slope thing. Probably. Yeah. So it wasn't individual police officers. It was the unions, which... Because I would imagine mm, these pictures were like character characters. Yeah, I mean, they're... And they were, they were yeah, funny looking and not... It was just pig I don't, in a uniform. Like, it wasn't... No. Huh. And even on the front cover, there's a pig dressed... I mean, there's a pig that's not dressed as a police officer. Like, there's a pig in a nightgown. So, it's not like... Okay. I, so, who knows? The author may have intended it to be, but I don't think that... I don't think that it's something that most kids would have picked up on. So. But then that's... Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. a slippery slope thing. Yeah, okay. Which is probably why they challenged it. Uh, you, 1983, Anne Frank's Diary. Yeah. Do you um, know why some of the reasons Anne Frank's Diary was... Uh, it, well, it's been challenged for sexually explicit passages. But, yeah. but what else did you... You did tell me yeah. something the other day. Okay. There were claims... Some people claim that Anne Frank never existed. Which, okay, even if she didn't, it's still... A book, it's still a novel. It would then move into the thing of the the category of fiction, which you can't ban fiction yeah. for that. So, but it was it, the the claim was that Anne Frank never existed, and it was also claimed that it was written by an adult. Some people think that it was written by her father as a piece of pro Jewish propaganda. And what year did, was this banned? Nineteen eighty three. That seems like a long time right. for someone to be worried about it then. And this this just makes me go, what the heck? In 1983, the Alabama State Textbook Committee called for rejecting the book because it, quote, was a real downer. Yeah. It, it's it about w- a girl hiding from Nazis and the Holocaust because she's a Jew. Yeah, it's a little depressing. I don't know of any happy books about the Holocaust. Can you, I, can you believe that? Like, yeah. oh, it's a downer. Let's like, not let kids read it. Yeah, so who are what? these people sitting there making decisions the for parents? The Alabama State Textbook Committee. Alabama State Textbook. Yes. People that, yeah. I would say something, but we may have listeners in Alabama. I don't know. Uh, 1989, the Lorax. No, I'll take that back. It's not the people of Alabama. No, it's the... the Their textbook committee. Yeah, it's the... But but it's the people... That's... 
That seems kind of backwards. It's the people that are deciding what kids are going to read in school. Like, they're the ones that are establishing the curriculum for the schools. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's got quite a history of uh, slavery and everything else. For them to ban a book because it's a real downer. Did they they remove books on slavery? Because that's kind of a downer, too. Right? (sighs) Oh, okay. All right. Did you know that Where's Waldo was banned? I did. I think we might actually be getting yeah, to that later. Oh, yeah, of, we'll get to there. In the mid-1990s. Of, yeah. Hold on. We're going sequentially. 1989, The Lorax by Dr. Seuss um, describes the destruction of an imagined forest of woolly truffula trees. Uh, some readers may have been offended by the use of the book's word stupid, but it was the logging industry that was insulted by the anti-deforesting plotline. The political agenda. Yep. 1990, Little Red Riding Hood was banned in Uh-oh. Culver City, California. Uh, so, <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood is kind of a good, uh, like, a, it's a good book for kids to read because they it teaches them that you shouldn't talk to strangers, right? Like, don't talk to the big bad wolf in the woods. But when school officials in Culver City, California, looked at an illustrated version you of the discriminate tale, discriminate against a wolf. They looked at an illustrated version. Um, Red Riding Hood is pictured with a bottle of wine in her basket, which Granny later glugs down. So She was taking a bottle of wine to her granny. Inappropriate for children in Culver City, California. Back in the day, I remember one of the neighborhood kids, the IGA store was a couple blocks away, maybe a half mile or something like that, and this lady would give her son a note and Mike would walk up to the grocery store to pick up her carton of cigarettes oh my gosh. and bring it back to her. And uh, it was okay. Different times. Um, this one kind of made me giggle a little bit. 1992, Hansel and Gretel was br- banned. Now, it's not the first time that it had been banned, but in 1992, it was challenged by two self-proclaimed witches who said the story gives witches a bad name because they eat children. <laughs> I mean, those witches didn't, but the witches in Hansel and Gretel did. Um, in 1993, as I, I mentioned... I think we should ban Salem. Like the whole city? The whole city. Ban it. You're not allowed to go there anymore. Because of witches. Um, 1993, my favorite book, The Giver by Lois Lowry, was banned. Uh, which, honestly, I, I understand why they banned it. Um, because it does talk about euthanasia. Um, of, I am not in favor of banning... Books. Oh, no, I don't agree with the banning at all, but I understand why people would not want it to be in the hands of, ch- of children. Then don't let your kids read that book. Yep. It talks about, we read it in class, as a class. And uh, I think I've mentioned Mrs. Egemeyer on the show before. Um, w- she was an excellent teacher. So we talked about euthanasia. We talked about um, care for the elderly, and all of these really, it's a dystopian novel, so all of these really, really heavy um, themes in the book we discussed and we thought about, and it was very enriching. So some of these banned books, instead of banning them and saying, no, that's bad, how about you talk about them and why you disagree with this or what the kids think? Okay. Mid-1990s, here you go. Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Because in that Big picture with probably a thousand or ten thousand people on it. There was a little image of a woman with side boob. 
Now, I Googled this, and I looked, and I referenced, and it really wasn't a nipple. It was a fly. But it looked like it could have been her nipple, so it was banned. And also, it was banned because of inappropriate and sedacious hidden imagery. Okay. I think this is... Um, I don't know if anybody told somebody this or what, but the book that they specifically say, um, Where's Waldo? The Fantastic Journey Deluxe Edition. Um, there is, in the in the beach scene, there is a sunbathing woman suffering a wardrobe malfunction the size of a pinhead in the corner of one of the drawings. Um, so she does have an exposed breast, but it's literally the size of a pinhead. Now, that is not the only... There are but some But the nipple pretty, was a fly. There are some really, like, sca- there are some pretty crazy scandalous things in the world. If you Waldo interpret books. that way. We used to do that as kids. Like, we used to... Um, once we found Waldo, we were like, mm, what kind of inappropriate things can we find? Because there are some in there if you look for them. But I've, so what? That's harmless. I mean, I think it's harmless fun. You know what? Alice in Wonderland was banned in the 60s because of mushroom and hookah imagery that reflected a drug culture. Um, Alice in Wonderland was also questioned sort of more recently because of... In the 90s. Yeah, because of Lewis Carroll's relationship with Alice, and they think that Lewis Carroll was a pedophile. Well, the 90s was banned in uh, New Hampshire for promoting sexual fantasies and masturbation. Yep, pedophilia. Um, Wait, China banned the book in the 30s because guess why? Talking why? animals. Uh talking animals. Of all of the banned books you're going after okay. for talking okay, animals. Okay, so I guess they can't watch The Lion King in China. I know, right? I keep going back to Simba and why I can't believe anything that I see on TV or in the movies anymore. Twelfth Night was banned by Shakespeare's Twelfth Night in nineteen ninety six. Um because there are there's cross dressing. Uh and James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl, banned in 1999 um, because it contains the word ass. Uh, the Wizard of Oz was banned by the director, nobody less than the director of the Detroit's libraries. That guy banned it in 1957. You know why? Why? Because he said it had no value for children, promoting negative negativism and for bringing children's minds down to a cowardly level. Now... Spoiler alert, <laughs> the cowardly lion. But what happened to that lion at the end? He found his courage. He found his courage. Yeah, so how, why? I don't get this one. You want to hear something really ridiculous? That, that was ridiculous to me. That is ridiculous. No, I yeah. mean, like, this is excessively ridiculous. This is just laziness. 2010, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? You know, I mean, you know this book. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see a pink gorilla looking at me. Pink gorilla, pink gorilla, what do you see? And it, that's not what it is. But it's basically like just a bunch of different animals of different colors and what do they see? Banned books list, January 2010, thanks to the Texas Board of Education. Author Bill Martin Jr. happens to have the same name as an obscure Marxist theorist and no one bothered to see if they were the same person. Okay. So literally there is nothing wrong with this book except that the author shares a name with some random guy who believed in Marxism. I was going to write a book, but now I'm afraid to. Because Steve Harmon is a young black man? Is that why? Because of Walter Dean Myers? That book? 
No. No. That is that no. also it's is because I'm afraid I would challenge. write something that yeah. would be completely unintentional and someone is going to get offended by it. That reference, by the way, if you don't get it, is uh, there's a book called Monster by a guy named Walter Dean Myers. Um, it's a really good book. Uh, and that's the first line on the back cover. Steve Harmon is a young black man um, who has been accused of murder, I believe. Um, and it's it's really well written. It's written uh, from... Was that book banned? It has been, yes. Okay. It has been challenged. Um, because for several reasons, um, it's written from Steve's point of view, not my Steve, Steve in the book, um, as it's written in the form of a movie script. And if I'm not, it might've been, he would, I can't, it's been such a long time since I read it, but I think it was, he was the driver of the getaway car that was supposed Spoiler to be. Spoiler alert. And I mean, it's not, it doesn't really have. Well, someone may want to read the book. I would encourage you to read the book, but this doesn't give any of the plot points away necessarily. Like he, this is at the kind of the beginning of the book. He was accused of being the driver of a getaway car for a robbery that ended in murder. Yeah. The Nazis banned a lot of books. And not only did they ban books, they burned the books. Well, They were getting rid of them. It's not just putting it on the shelf and saying, that's a bad book. They're throwing them in the fire. It sounds like in 2018, a lot of people were burning gay books, too. Well, the the Nazis banned The Call of the Wild. Oh, Because yeah. it had a perceived radical slant. I mean, I, it was like a survival story. It was. Okay. I, That's radical that you can take care of yourself in the woods. Okay. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, okay. I know. Some of these things you just have to shake your head. Like okay. the green eggs and ham thing is because it promoted um, it brings up bad communist memories ideologies me. or something like that. It brings up bad memories yeah, I, of eating green eggs. They ridiculous. tasted the same. I wouldn't eat them. Yeah, you would. On a train, in a plane, okay. in the rain. My slant on this is disagree if you want, but it's political correctness gone wild. I think Parents should decide for their children what they want their children to read, and that's fine. You decide for your children. I don't need somebody in Alabama banning a book and saying here in Beaver Creek, Ohio, my kids, which they're old enough to read on their own, but <laughs> grandkids yeah. should. That's, that's for Pamela and Joe to decide what they want their kids to read, or Sarah and Marco. They should decide what they want their kids to read. I completely, 100% yeah. agree. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've made it no secret that I am pro-banned book. Uh, I think you should should read some of these banned books. Don't... Pro-banned um, book isn't read them, not... Yeah, read them. Don't ban them. Books. Don't yeah. ban them. Okay. Read them. Um, and if we can you... ban you for that statement. Go for it. Hmm. Have fun doing a show by yourself. Look, I... <laughs> Read banned I, I, books, seriously. There's, I, I, it's because people don't want you to think for yourself. Is why they're I think in them. this day and age, you know, if a kid goes on a field trip, a parent has to sign, okay, there's age appropriateness. Right. Okay? And so the parent decides, this book, it's in the library at the elementary school. So if a kid goes on a field trip, a parent has to sign a permission slip. Okay, so it's a lot to take care of. But you know what? We have the microchip now. And like on the kid's library card, right. or when the kid checks it out, it could be on that list of like, I'm sorry, Johnny, but your mom and dad don't want you to read this book. Go put it back on the shelf where you found it and pick another book. And I think for the most part, generally school libraries are pretty, like, I don't think that you're going to find Lolita on an elementary school library shelf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think for the most part, librarians, librarians are parents too. They, 
they know what is age appropriate, what is not age appropriate, and they don't want kids reading inappropriate well, books well, either. Know, well, back in the day, before we had all the digital stuff and we had VHS and stuff like that, if you went to Blockbuster or any, any of the other places to rent movies, <laughs> I didn't do this, but back behind the counter in another room, that's where they put the X-rated movies so little kids couldn't yeah. go back there and just like, pick one off and run yeah. out the store or check one out or whatever. Right. There's ways to do this without Libraries books. have yeah. children's sections for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. They can figure that. I mean, we've put men on the moon. Right. Well, some people say we don't. Uh, we're not going back to that. We're not going back to the conspiracy theories. Okay. Kim. All right. So first of all. Banned books has been fun. Yeah. yeah. You learned a little bit. I Go to. Um, the best part of doing the podcast is we get to do a little bit of research Keep our minds active and try. We are learning yeah. as we go about this. Uh, check out AL, ALA.org. Um, you can look at bandbooksweek.org. Uh, there are lots of resources. Um, do some research and educate yourself. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can email us at a lost hour at gmail.com. We're over an hour. No, that's the timer. Hey, I'll tell you what. We had stickers made. Oh, yeah. If you follow the show, not a Facebook follow, but if you go on to one of the, 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 the platforms and follow a show, follow our show, and then you send us a message. We'll send you a sticker. We'll send you a sticker. Free of charge. Okay. We, you know, we, we've, we've been doing this long enough now that we're starting to get some statistics back. I'm so excited about these statistics. Yeah. We have a shout-out to our listener in Alaska and shout-out to our listeners in Hawaii. We can now track where... That's amazing. Yeah. Like hey, thir- West Virginia. We thir- don't know who you are, but thanks for listening. 13 different states. Oh, that's amazing. No one international. Not I do yet. have friends in Australia, We're and I know you see my Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Laura, why don't you like us on yeah. Facebook? Listen to our podcast. Because this whole show was about us making money. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's why I was going to charge $2 for a sticker, but... Steve said, don't charge for stickers, so I'm not going to charge you for no. stickers. So if you but, saw that Facebook post, ignore it. Send us an email. Um, drop us a line. I'll say, send me your um, address, and I'll send you a sticker. Hey, one quick interesting statistic. Yeah. So on Stitcher, we are rated right about oh, yeah. 30,000. Now, that sounds like... That sounds like... Yeah, 30,000. But... According to Stitcher, there's over a hundred thousand. So that's put that, that puts means our we're podcast in the top third the of top podcasts third of on Stitcher. Stitcher. Help us out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Um, give us a, give us a line. We'll send you a sticker, and then people can be see your sticker on your laptop or on your vehicle, and be like, "What is that?" And you can say, "It's the greatest podcast of all time." And then we'll. This not, is our free we'll, commercial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, as long as we continue to grow and continue to get listeners, we won't do commercials. Yeah. So if you... if Keeping we, it free, though. Yeah. If you stop listening, if we don't continue to grow, then we're going to start marketing ourselves and you'll have to listen to commercials. So you don't want that. So tell people about our show. Yeah. In all seriousness, seriousness we, we're doing this for fun. Yeah. And, and this is like my sarcasm and my humor coming out. If you like it, listen. If you don't like it, don't listen. But if you're listening, do please help us out because right now it's it's a game. It's fun for us to see how many listeners we can get, how many hits a week we're, we can get with this. So if you are listening to us, share it, tell your friends about it, and and help us out like that. And thank you for listening. We really do. It, it does um, boost our egos that we have 
um, people that uh, that listen to us and listen to us regularly. So thank you. Yeah, and we so can much. track that now. Yeah, thank you, okay. thank you, thank you. So thanks for listening. From our beautiful studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio, and next week, if all goes well, oh, we yeah. will be on yeah. the road. Mobile studio. We will be in our mobile studio. Somewhere in Maine. Somewhere in Maine. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. spending an hour of your life with us. <laughs>